0: Okay, let's do this. My name is Chris Sarda, at Chaos and Comics, on Instagram and Twitter. For all things comics, uh, I, you can also find me on YouTube, and of course, this is where I do all my non-sports comic book podcasting is uh, is right here. So I was uh, I, I was doing this for a while. I was getting out uh, a lot of the previews, especially for Marvel and DC and Image, and, uh, and I, I calmed down on it. And I like to do the real in-depth ones where... I just separate them in different podcasts, just turn them out, uh, and, and have a conversation with you, except you're not talking. It's only going to be me talking. Um, but, uh, I enjoy it and it gets me, it gets me like in the mode of comics, even, even when I'm not interested in the titles and even when I'm not going to buy them, uh, it, it just, it just sets my mind straight. Um, so I'm going to start with Marvel, uh, as I normally do. We're gonna we're gonna go through most of them if I have something to say about them or, or want to say something about them. And then uh, later on, there will be a, a DC podcast and a Image podcast, and hopefully, uh, I'll uh, I'll wrap up together the uh, the other indies too. But uh, Marvel is a low hanging fruit, and that one's easy to talk about in in any context. So let's let's get started. Uh, first up, let's, uh, go with the, the general Marvel universe, the heroes universe in December, we will have Avengers number 51. So we'll, we'll have just gone past number 50. Uh, Jason Aaron is still on this title. Uh, one for Gary is on the art now, and you will have a choice of at least four Avengers covers. Uh, the regular cover by Javi, Garone. Uh, there'll be an an unnamed artist variant, uh, The Devil's Reign, which we'll be seen throughout this uh, this podcast. Almost every Marvel book has a Devil's Reign cover. And then we're still doing the Liefeld Deadpool 30th anniversary variant covers. And I don't even feel like I, I, I've seen those. I feel like I've been talking about them for a while. But uh, I don't feel like I've seen them. Uh, and it uh, appears, uh, yeah, Rod Liefeld will be doing those covers too. So it's not only a, it's not only commemorating it. Liefeld's actually doing the covers. So Avengers number 50 would have come out or will be coming out in, in November. And I may come back and do a November show. We'll see. But, uh, but so that, that was something probably large, probably important (laughs) <laughs> and, but, uh, I'm not reading Avengers. I always find this to be interesting though. Cause I mean, Jason Aaron is an example of that hot writer that I don't, I don't want to say can leave favor because I'm sure he's just as good. And as he's, as he's always been, but you, there's just a popularity that wanes, that happens to wane often. I've read this, I've read chunks of this Avengers run and I've actually liked it. I've enjoyed it. And I think that the, the manner that he does things, which at least the ones I ran read, you do have like a, a a star protagonist in it, even though Cap is there, even though Iron Man is there, etc. And I've enjoyed it. Um, but I don't have like this deep, uh, you know, long, read of it from one to fifty and I and I've heard people not like it as much. But I feel like a lot of those storylines have been different enough that um I could see like not liking one arc and not liking another, etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So um the hunt begins and you know we're I guess we're deep into something uh with the mysterious Avenger Prime. Who knows what that is. At this point uh where I am in this reading is I think at around I'm, I'm way deeper. I think it's like in the thirties still, maybe in the early forties, uh, where the, they're finding where Echo is becoming the Phoenix and whatnot, reading it on, on Marvel unlimited. So uh, I've enjoyed it. I've, I've stayed with it. It's good. It's something like Spider-Man, except I enjoy it a little bit better that now that I'm reading uh, on Marvel unlimited, that, uh, it makes me, it makes me consider it. It makes me consider reading it more rather than dropping that 499 on it. And then Jason Aaron, not to be uh, stopped, has also started a new ongoing, which it, it appears to be on the solicit says it's going to be uh, ongoing with along with Aaron Cooter, who I think is an underrated artist. I think he maybe it, he maybe he doesn't have the specifics. He's like one of those rappers where they're a really good rapper, but his the voice isn't distinct. I always I always say Royce the Five Nine is that like one of my favorite rappers, but. His voice isn't distinct, like a 50 Cent or a Jay Z or whatever, right? And I think Aaron Cooter's a little bit like that, but I've, whenever I've read something that Aaron Cooter has drawn, I've always enjoyed it, uh, including his Ghost Rider book that uh, was unfortunately canceled uh, during the pandemic. So, and this one is a Ghost Rider focus. So, on a quest for cosmic vengeance, Ghost Rider find, finds himself roaring through the wasteland on a ruined earth. Where the great age of heroes never came to be. So this sounds like it's going to be the at least this beginning arc or the beginning of it is he's going to uh, that Avenger or the old man Logan world, uh, and and they've they've done a lot in this world actually since old man Logan. I read uh, old man Quill. I liked it. There's a bunch of wasteland stuff here. There actually was an Avengers wasteland. So how this is is different, or and how it's going to uh, how it is going to uh, tie in or whatever uh, will be fun to watch. I think uh, the the cover though that also is by Aaron Cooter makes it look like a little bit of a kids' uh, story. So we'll see. I, I'm I'm I doubt Jason Aaron would be writing the like the all ages book for this. Uh, there'll be an artist variant for this, and that'll be by who knows. It doesn't tell me here. And then also um, also a Russell Dodderman cover for Avengers forever. Uh, Another book that's been, had been going, uh, going on, and I'm I'm not even sure if they're related. I didn't finish the original series that I link this in my head, which was the Avengers. And I can't even remember what it was called. Mech Avengers, mech on or something like that. Uh, And here by in, by December, we will be on issue five of Avengers tech on, Uh, There'll be a a nice cover uh, of Wolverine holding a bunch of uh, weird tech on his arm. Uh, There'll be a Momoko cover, and then also number six will come out. And all you need to know about this is that there's a Kaiju-sized scream symbiote on the rampage, and the Iron Avengers will need every scrap of infinite mirror shard energy they have to try to hold her back. Uh, Basically, Avengers Tech-On is a Sentai-inspired action-adventure series um, in partnership with Bandai. So again, I I think this stuff is cool. I'm okay with it being out of universe. Uh, it remind as an '80s kid, early '90s kid. I mean, it reminds me of all those cartoons that were basically commercials for me to buy toys. And I'm I'm, I'm actually okay with that. I'm I'm accepting of that situation to be honest, and and actually enjoy it. Um, as so long as it doesn't muck up the regular continuity. And to be honest, these fucking toys look cool. Like to me, they look cool. I don't know. If they became toys, is what I'm saying. If they made toys out of them. Um, we have uh, Black Panther Legends, which I, I have nothing... I know nothing about. It It's uh, written by someone I don't know, so there's a chance that maybe it's uh, perhaps manga-based or who knows what it is, but Tochi uh, Onyabuchi, So, um, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that one. And uh, in November, a new uh mini series called Captain America Iron Man premiered and so we'll get issue number 2 in December. Uh this is by Derek uh Landy and artist is a uh artist I- I'm unfamiliar with Angel Unzueta and uh this is what Alex Ross is doing now is doing the covers for this book. Alex Ross looks like his work takes much longer uh than say what I would say looks like it's somewhat easy like a Peach Momoko work. But I don't think it does, because he turns out a lot of covers, so he must he must know exactly where he's going, what he's doing uh, with this kind of thing. And a, I would expect, and this would be something I find out way down the road. But I would expect that this is an opportunity to uh, contrast the Iron Man and Captain America personalities against one each other, or against one another. Uh, in a, in a superhero setting, of course, I find it interesting that they would do this now, um, because we've, that's, that was definitely the, f- the theme of phase three of the MCU. And, um, of course, spoiler for a four-year-old movie that everyone watched, Iron Man's gone now and so's Captain America. So it's like, or at least, uh, the Steve, this version of Captain America. So it's it, for something that got so much play beyond comics, it's interesting that they would decide to do it now. Uh, I wonder if something big or important will come out of it, or if this is just a Derek Landy pitch that they sort of liked, and they're like, yeah, we need to put Iron Man and Captain America on something. So there's only one other cover for this, one of the many Devil's Reign covers, that which we'll get to when we get to, to Daredevil's big, big uh, event. Uh, Captain Marvel. Now, I, I read my first Captain Marvel book, uh, and it, at least for... I don't think I've ever read a Captain Marvel book to be honest. Uh, I read Ms. Marvel. That was good. But, uh, I read my first one. This is another example of me that something I might not read unless I had it on Comicsology, and I liked it. I didn't know what was going on and it was, I, I would have to keep up with it a little bit, read a handful of them. I read something like number 28 or something like that. Um, but, uh, but in December we'll be at Captain America, Captain Marvel number 35, Kelly Stomp Thompson is still on it, Sergio Davila on the art. Arby Silva doing the cover. Let's take a look at this cover here. Um, yeah, real solid cover. Uh, Captain Marvel is at least at this, in this arc is in a, a very cosmic setting, which I think I like. She feels really powerful to, to be doing some of the things that, uh, she does with the Avengers. Uh, and, uh and this is interesting because we're going to get a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy and I mean some Avengers 2 I guess and get deeper into uh, a little bit more of her her Cree background it looks like or or something with that and th- this is already part 4 so i will be moving into that uh, the last of the marvels book as i get closer uh, as i get closer to caught up on marvel unlimited i guess you never get caught up right but as i get closer to where this where these books start coming out. Uh and yet for and amazingly you get a whole bunch of Iron Man and Captain America only had only had one variant, so two covers total and Captain Marvel they're giving her one two three uh three variants, so four total. So a Dotterman spoiler design variant and oh two Dotterman spoiler variants. I don't know if that's true. We'll see. And uh now Devil's Reign so let's see. This is the first Devil's Rain cover that I actually have here. Some of them weren't printed, and that's a legitimately cool cover. It doesn't I don't know why I don't know how it has anything to do with Devil's Rain, but uh, looks pretty good. So um, let's move on. Now this is a book. I would have told you if they would have done this book, I would have definitely bought it. And that's Darkhawk. And Darkhawk will be ending his mini series in December, uh, written by Kyle Higgins and Juan. Ramirez. But then when it came out, I just, I didn't get it. I didn't grab it. So who knows where I was. Maybe I was annoyed that I was buying so many books. I think I was on my, I think I just really moved hard into, um, being the guy that, that reads most of this stuff on, uh, on Marvel Unlimited. So I didn't get it. And, uh, and now we're at number five and, and number one, hasn't even appeared on Marvel Unlimited yet. So, i will uh I will definitely read it when it does so someone uh someone is very close to the new the new Darkhawk has been killed ah there's a new darkhawk too, so I don't know about that and the murderers are are finally within his grasp for revenge but will this defining moment set him up to be Marvel's next great hero or its next great villain eh, you know i mean that's a solid Superhero solicit. I didn't. I didn't mind that. I guess there will be a Ron Lim variant uh, along with the uh, the main cover by uh, Juan and Ramirez. Something I was interested in. and It's actually sitting here. I considered either recording this podcast or reading Darkhold Omega or Darkhold Alpha number one. I haven't gotten to it quite yet. Uh, people will enjoy that. I think that the kind of person that would like it, uh, in December will be uh, on Darkhold Omega. Number one, Steve Orlando reading, uh, writing that a Joe Bennett cover. That's interesting. I, I think they might be, uh, just, uh, just running out of the Joe Bennett covers that they had them already do. I hope cause, uh, and in, in, in my mind, or at least I, I thought, I know that Al Ewing said that he was not worked with Joe Bennett anymore. Uh, and, and I thought Marvel was going to cut ties with him too. Um, but interesting that he's still around after the uh, the racist drawings that came to light. Although I think everyone sort of knew about that stuff. And Al Ewing conveniently said he would not work with Joe Bennett anymore uh, after Hulk number 50 was announced. So, um, But he's still there in Darkhold Omega. And we got Steve Orlando riding in Cyan Tormi. Uh, on art. So I'll be interested in seeing Scientormi's art. I'm curious if, uh, Darkhold Alpha is, is, is this artist's art. Five of the world's, gr- that's what, this was funny though. When I did see someone, uh, review this, like Dr. Doom would put it together. This, this group of heroes to do, you know, to, to do some high level magic stuff. So Spider-Man, Black Bolt, Blade, Wasp and Iron Man. That's, that's sort of interesting. So I'm not going to jump into there, but, um, you know, someone named, uh, Chithon looks pretty cool to me and you get a whole bunch of fun, uh, variants and by a whole bunch, I mean two and let I see these guys, these guys, I got to make sure we're still recording. I may or may not cut this off. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, a whole bunch of, uh, well, just two variants. And they're just uh, two. It just Whenever the solicits come out and they haven't announced who's the artist, it always just says Artist A variant, Artist B variant. So uh, you get, we'll get two additional variants, so three covers in total. Uh, the Death of Doctor Strange, number four of five. And, you know, this has a whole bunch of tie-ins. I'll admit to liking number one. Um, but not going to continue with the series as far as buying it, uh, in, in print. Uh, and there's a bunch of, there's a whole bunch of, just like with Darkhold, there's a whole bunch of tie-ins and stuff. So that just to me feels like something I should just be reading online. To be honest, I, I have no qualms about being the guy that just doesn't need all these stacks of expensive paper that, uh, never get anywhere. And just waste space and stuff. I mean, I'm still buying a lot of comics, but uh, on the new side, I've just really enjoyed the app. I've gotten used to it, I've, I've stopped crying about it. So, um, Death of Doctor Strange has been written by Judd McKay, I think a, a writer that doesn't get enough credit. Uh, Lee Garbett on art. So, that's. I, I, didn't, I don't think I realized that Lee Garbett was uh, drawing number one. So that's good. So we're going to find out who the new Sorcerer Supreme is. Who knows how long, uh, Stephen Strange will be gone. I think it's going to be Kuchala, but we'll see. And, uh, you know, eventually Stephen Strange will be gone, but it'll be fun to have a, a, a different Sorcerer Supreme, a different look at it all. Uh, and then there'll be a Devil's Rain variant, of course, from Daredevil. And, and then we get a whole bunch of tie-ins. So one of them is Death of Doctor Strange, uh, Blade. So, uh, Blade's going to get a focus. Dylan Burnett is drawing this and that's very, very interesting. So it's a Boss Logic cover. The regular cover is a Boss Logic cover. That's, that's nice. And, uh, Danny Laura is is on writing. So, um, uh, this isn't the best Boss Logic cover. That's really strange because doing a, I mean, that's two very different artists putting Boss Logic on the cover and then Dylan Burnett with his very like cartoony, outright, I would say Mr. Fantastic looking characters, uh, drawings. Um, so there's going to be a real disconnect there when you open this blade book uh, after looking at that cover and, and then seeing Dylan Dylan Burnett's art. So, um, and this is going to celebrate, or this is going to deal with some Dracula stuff. I don't know exactly how it's going to tie into death of Dr. Strange. uh, but there's a whole bunch of them. And there's going to be at least one variant. Now, Defenders. Now, here's a book, and this is by Al Ewing. Uh, and, you know, I just sort of threw some shade on him. But, uh, man, I was, uh, I was on or listening to the Marvel by the Month podcast, which is just a great concept for a podcast. And I was going to say, man, I, was, I thought of that idea. But I think uh, all of us that have Marvel Unlimited at one point have thought about just doing a podcast or a show where we read all of Marvel like month by month or issue by issue or something but anyway uh they actually did it and that's what's important and i think it was those guys or maybe no it wasn't those guys it was a different podcast maybe the war rocket ajax, pod, AJAX podcast uh just defend, just decided how great you know they talked about this defender series and how good it had been and it really it really uh sold me right? And this might, this, uh, the Defenders book might've been a book that I might've just passed up even on Marvel Unlimited, even for free. But, uh, now I'm definitely going to read it and, uh, I can't wait for that. So, um, Hey, you know, when, you know, when you know that your character's doing pretty good when they give you a, an event, uh, but the event isn't going to be that you're killing the character, right? So Death of Doctor Strange is getting this mini event, but I don't think he was doing that well. Uh, And but they're killing him off too to like move on to something bigger for the for next year or something, right? But uh, on the other side, you got Chips Darsky, who's been on a Daredevil run that everyone has seemed to really like. Uh, I never got caught. I never got caught up with it. Who knows when I will. But now they're giving him a a huge crossover event—not quite King Black, huge, but still they're pushing it a lot. There's a bunch of Devil's Reign covers, and and it's it seems to it seems like he's going to at least button up the Wilson Fisk Mayor uh, situation. So, the story that's building for years is here. Wilson Fisk went from kingpin to mayor of the biggest city in America and is going to bring his full criminal and political power to bear on the superheroes who call New York City home. The man who once destroyed Daredevil, I mean, he destroys Daredevil yearly, has set his sights on the Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and more. And since it's Fisk, once he takes them all down, you know he's going to sign it. So, and then, uh, I mean, a bunch of side, what I think of as side, uh, villains, even though some of them should be big villains, uh, crossbones, taskmaster, taskmaster should be much bigger than he is typhoon, Mary. That's an important daredevil villain shocker, uh, whiplash, uh, rhino, uh, craven should be a bigger villain. I I mean, Marvel's dropped the ball on some of their, you know, some of their rogues gallery, in my opinion. Uh, But then again, I think sometimes the audience just needs new, new... I mean, Batman has this great rogues gallery, right? But, you know, there's really the stuff that's really hit in the last few years is new, new, new. So, Fisk has an army of supervillains at his command, and this is just the opening salvo. For years, Fisk has waited for his time to strike, and you won't believe the aces he's got up his sleeve. And I'll say this, I trust um, Zdarsky, so... I think it'll be a little bit, I think it'll really come together to be honest Uh, and not in like a disappointing way that say, uh, say King in black was, I I thought King in black as a whole was good, but the villain was sort of crappy, right? The villain turned out to be a little bit generic. Um, of course you got all kinds of, uh, fun variants. I used to always get these connecting variants, but I'm, I'm cutting myself short. So, and a red blank variant, let's see and Scotty Young is going to do a cover. So all kinds of fun stuff. And it looks like it's shipping twice, um, uh, in December. So that is a plus for Daredevil fans. And then of course we got, uh, I was gonna say we have all kinds of Titans, but we don't. I thought this Electra one was gonna be tie So the black, white and blood series that we've gotten for Deadpool and Wolverine. And there's a form of it happening in DC. Red Sonja has one. Electra is getting one. And uh, Charles Soule is draw, is is writing it, Declan Shelby is writing one, and De Leonardo Romero. I, I've never actually enjoyed these that much. Um, I think I read the James Stokoe story in Deadpool, and it was okay, and that just made me read the rest of the stories and the other two, and, and I think I like some better. I'm more of a James Stokoe guy than than those other, other people, but hey, you'll have three covers to choose from. Uh, by December, Eternals will be back. It looks like by... November, they will be because number seven will come out. And, uh, I am a, a big Kieran Gillen guy and I like the Eternals. Uh, that's mostly because how much I like Kieran Gillen, right? Uh, but man, reading it, reading one through six, when people said it was boring, I, I, I sort of agree. Like I'm throwing this into my, my Kieran Gillen pot, um, you know, to compare contrast. I, I've just read a, a big chunk of his work. Um, not so much super superhero stuff, interestingly, uh, but, uh, but this is not something that I would immediately recommend, at least those first six issues to a, to a, a reader that wanted to read Kieran Gillen. Um, I saw will be on the art and, uh, wasn't it, uh, that's a different artist, isn't it? It wasn't ribbage on the art last time. So I think as much as I liked the art in the first one, oh, it is, it is, it's definitely Rubic as much as I like the art in the first one, I do think the art had a, a, a part of it being like feeling slow or boring. Right. And, and that's because sometimes like painted art or the, you know, more paint, the painterly style art. Uh, sometimes it's, it's a little, it feels a little bit more impersonal. Like you gotta, you gotta really give it time. And I'm not saying just one book, I'm saying many books time. And, and I think that was a big deal and mixed in the fact that even if you're a big Kirby Eternals fan, you only know so much about what's going on that these characters are only so recognizable. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a hard sell. It's one of those two that I might get real deep in and, and have read 30 books and, and now have a view of what Kieran Gillen's full idea was. And then, then recommend it to say, Oh man, it's this huge chunk and it's important. It's more than the first six or something, but We'll see. At this point, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit iffy, iffy for me, whether I would recommend it to someone, uh, Castellani MCU variant. That's interesting. Uh, along there, uh, now headshot variant, uh, wall MCU variant. Well, let me see this wall MCU variant here. That one actually has a preview. Um, and it looks, does not look like an MCU. It looks like an old school, uh, an old style comic. So I don't know what the hell that's going on there. Not It's definitely not MCU. Uh, next up is Fantastic Four. I haven't even started reading any of this on uh, Marvel Unlimited. I was just going to hop in on Doom's Wedding. Uh, but I just didn't yet. I didn't. I don't know why. And uh, there's something about Fantastic Four that just doesn't interest me. But I would give it a try. I think Dan Slott has that... Whatever the negative... Ver- unnegative version of being a jobber is. Like the guy that just writes a lot of stories. Um... But uh, I mean, that's a almost a forty issue run here on Fantastic Four, and as far as I know, he's uh, he's not. They're not like kicking him off of it, so apparently they think it's uh, okay to put him there, which is interesting because that makes it. Geez, that's three years since Fantastic Four number one came out. Three years? I wonder if it was shipping, uh, if it was shipping on a three week schedule or something like that. And it feels like a lot. 39 issues by December feels like a lot of fantastic four issues from when it got relaunched. Um, apparently more than more, apparently three years ago. So of course the, around this time in December, uh, Hawkeye, the TV show will be out where we will get, uh, an introduction to Kate Bishop, the other Hawkeye. And naturally it's smart to have a, uh, Hawkeye Kate Bishop book out. And this will be a mini series uh, Marike uh, Nijkamp, Anid, uh, is writing it. Anid Balam is the artist and Hey, who knows what we'll get from this. It does have the feel and the look of, I was going to say the MCU book, but the MCU book has the feel or posters have the feel and the look of the Matt Fraction Hawkeye. So there you go. And then, uh, we will have a uh, Stephanie Hans variant for Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, number two, so interesting the way they want you to know she's Hawkeye, and she's supposed to be just Hawkeye for sure, but they still have to call it Hawkeye Kate Bishop on the on the cover. And yeah, it even says that on the cover, and it's the official name. So something that's uh, very exciting, Hulk number two will be out. I, I'm very excited for this Hulk. I know that a lot of you guys love that Immortal Hulk run, or at least the first 20 or so issues. Uh, but a, a new, a new Hulk world. It's, and it's amazing that they keep doing this Donnie Cates, right? Like, uh, Thor also came off a, a critically acclaimed Jason Aaron run and, and Hulk of course is coming off Al Ewing's immortal Hulk. Just a huge, huge, important run. That's going to be defining for the character at some point. And then when they restart it, they're like, Hey Cates, you take over this one so, and it's not even called incredible Hulk. I sort of wish it was called incredible Hulk, but, uh, we don't, we're not getting that. So, um, but nonetheless, it's Donnie Cates on it. And, uh, I'm curious to see what he has to do. Uh, like anyone that's buying this book. I mean, we're all curious to see what he, what's going to happen, but I will say, uh, in a different way, I, for me seeing Jason Aaron's popularity, wane is an observation, uh, in the case of Donnie Cates, his sometimes, I feel like his quality has waned, uh, in some ways. So excited as I was about Thor, that book has been just okay. Guardians of the Galaxy was just okay. The ending of Venom was just okay. Crossover has, has been just okay. Um, so it's almost like he's been sucked dry of, of ideas or exciting ideas or that thing that really uh, inspires or excites me. And like, what's he going to do with Hulk? I mean, the story that he's doing here, the mad scientist that's fo- focusing on Bruce Banner, almost feels like a, a version of what we just had in, in Thor with, uh, well, Thor's alter ego uh, slips my mind. But, and I know you go, oh, that's different the way that worked, you know? But they both have, they're both, you know, both characters. So Thor and Hulk and their alter egos. So Bruce Banner, and I don't know why I can't remember, um, Thor's right now. They're both like different personalities, different people, right? It's not like Superman is just dressed as Clark Kent, but he's still really Superman. Like they're Bruce Banners. They're like a different person than, than Hulk when he's like at least crazy Hulk, right? Same with, and same with Thor and, and his, uh, character. So like just delving into that, like feels very similar you know but nonetheless we will get a a devil's reign uh villain variant and uh this one's pretty cool to be honest it is uh, art by Pete Woods and it is Hulk dressed like the Kingpin so the Hulk cosplaying like the Kingpin if that sounds cool to you go look it up it'll it should be very cool something i'm ready to start reading on on comicsology or, I mean, on Marvel Unlimited, I'm just going to hop into whatever issue happens to be there, is this Iron Man book. It, it looks interesting to me. I like Chris Cantwell, even though I don't feel like I can name the stuff that is that is the stuff I really love or really follow. Uh, but I didn't mind that, you know, I mean, mind. What do you mean? Of course I don't mind. But I, I like the idea of him writing Iron Man. They're already at number 15. Um, on this. At this point, Ibrahim... Uh, Roberson is on the art. Alex Ross doing these covers too, which I think he's been doing since the beginning. Uh, I'm getting less and less impressed with Alex Ross. Although this one's pretty. Anytime Alex Ross does something shiny like a Silver Surfer, I guess that's not Silver Surfer, but it looks like him. Then I, it's it, it's pretty cool. So um, and and I, this is Iron Man gone cosmic. So much like Captain Marvel, not like Captain America, I guess. But these are Avengers getting out into the real world. Uh, Thor is, for example only trouble is Iron Man has become the Iron God. So cosmic Iron Man, I'm, I'm interested to that too. The only trouble is Korvac has once again become cosmic at all at two. So it is a, it just looks like a fun comic to be honest. And, and one that doesn't carry that much weight. So I think I need a little bit of that from Marvel. And when I say doesn't carry that much weight, it means that it's not like one with everyone's eyes on it. Like this is just going to be a... A, a superhero story involving Iron Man or Captain America or something like that, and I and I find that I need to find something like that um, where you know Spider Man and anything Donny Cates does has too much too much on it. Uh, you get a a Derek Shue Devil's Rain cover, so that's a pretty cool um, that's a pretty cool variant for the Iron Man books. Uh, Kazar, Lord of the Savage Land. I really like number one. I am a big reader of Zach Thompson. I enjoy, I, even though I may not give every book a good review, and oftentimes the, the issue has been the artist, uh, for what Zach Thompson's writing, uh, Zach is someone I'm always going to buy and follow. I think what he does and the way he's thinking and, and the way he approaches writing is, is very enjoyable along with his partner, Lonnie Nadler that they often team up on, uh, with, but I also enjoy when they, they're separate. So Kazar Lord of the Savage Land, four of five, uh, I w- I really like number one. Uh, Zach Thompson's on a on a mushrooms kick. He's Canadian, and I think he moved to some. I think he recently moved to some like, um, not a cult, but you know where people just go live in nature or something, a commune or some shit like that. I don't know. I follow his Twitter just a little bit, and and I stopped following it because I was getting too much creator stuff and whatever. But he's on a big mushroom kick, and the problem is is that not all of these artists uh, draw you know, mushrooms in the way that they should be drawn for them to look super cool. That happened in, um, this dead body or something. The, I forget the name of his aftershock book. Um, and, and it wasn't so much needed from Jen Hickman in lonely receiver. Um, but it was in his last indie book. And then at least at the beginning in KSR number one, there's the same thing as like, uh, it falls short because of the artist. Not the artist is bad. It's just not a fungus drawer. Uh, and, uh, there's all kinds of variants, a surprising amount of variants for Khazar Lord of the Savage Land. So a, a map variant by Jermaine Garcia and a, uh, an unnamed artist variant. Oh, Oh, it's because we get also no four and five are shipping. So it's not a whole bunch of covers. It's four and five are shipping. Uh, Kang the Conqueror will be ending in December. So, uh, people have been reading this and liking it. And I think some people either were first introduced to Kang because of the Loki show or, um, just Kang hasn't been a big important character. So it's time to revisit him. And this is a character with a, just a, just cause he's time travel. I mean, he's time travel based. So just his whole history and world and who he is and what he is is all confused. Uh, you do get a nice Mike Del Mundo cover, Colin Kelly, Jackson Lansing on the art and, uh, Carlos Magno, uh, in, on the art inside. So Colin Kelly, Jackson, Lansing, uh, are writers. The cycle of Kang comes to end and the cycle of Kang begins anew. That's all, I, that's all I'm reading of that one. So you gotta get a, and then a, a scan variant. So a uh, very popular cover artist. It's, uh, I mean, in my mind, uh, scan always looks maybe like art germ, except, uh, doesn't force sexy shit down your throat. Uh, well, sexy is okay to be forced down your throat, right? But I guess you guys know what I mean. You probably don't. Uh, Moon Knight, number six, Jed McKay, uh, Alessandro, uh, Capuccio on the art and Carlos Pacheco on the cover. Uh, I got mixed. I got a mixed feeling from number one, as far as like how people liked it or not. I saw that and thought right away, Marvel Unlimited for me. So I'm not even close to reading the first one yet. Uh, let alone this. So I, you know, how Jed McKay, I told you already that I thought Jed McKay's an underrated writer. I think he, he writes solid books. And, um, as far as I can tell, as far as I remember, there's nothing that sticks out as this incredible book, but, uh, but yeah, Moon Knight coming back. That's cool. He's going to have an MCU presence and Hey, he, you know, his, uh, his run just recently stopped at to when i say recently it was pre-pandemic but you know stopped at 200 so it's it's good time to to revive him give him some stories out there here's something i don't care about and that's phoenix song echo i just don't like the phoenix i don't care for the phoenix i like it that there's a native american uh, phoenix i guess i like it that it's echo and 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 that's mostly because of the youtube channel carolina 26 and he does a lot of focus on Native American characters, so you know I like it because it'll make him happy. But uh, but the Phoenix doesn't make me happy. I I'm just annoyed. I'm an I'm a guy that's annoyed by the Phoenix. So if that interests you? It's Rebecca uh, Roanhorse writing it. Luca Maresca and Kyle Charles are the uh, artists. So you know to some extent, like okay, it looked okay. It looked interesting to me because we, you know, the, it happened within Heroes Reborn and that's still possible. Like I haven't finished Heroes Reborn. I'm only on, on issue four and it's still possible. I might grab my interest. It's just, uh, it's just unlike because I don't even like the original Phoenix stories. And then I don't like, you know, I'm not like d- dying about what came out after it. And you get one variant with that, a Chris, uh, uh, cover. And that cover looks very, you know, set on the moon uh, reminiscent of the Dr. Manhattan. I guess anytime someone's sitting on the moon, it just makes you think of Dr. Manhattan, but reminiscent, but, uh, definitely very different. So, uh, uh, Phoenix of echo as Phoenix sitting uh, on the moon. And that's actually a pretty cool cover to be honest. Savage Avengers still going strong. Jerry Duggan, doesn't stop keeps writing savage avengers uh i don't think patrick zercher has been artist on this all the whole time but i think i remember his name earlier so um uh, let's see oh hey this is the comic i've been waiting for i thought all of, it seems like all of them are the comic i've been waiting for conan dr strange dr doom that's two doctorates there and a time master to be named later, all join your favorite Savage Avengers to put a dagger sized pin in the heart of Kulan Goth. Man, Conan has been after Kulan Goth for 27 issues of Savage Avengers and something like 8 to 12 issues of Serpent's Crown and some other one, Serpent's Stick or some shit like that. So, I mean, good for him. Fuck Kulan Goth. I hope you get him. It's one of those things, though, that I think, uh, Perpetually, Conan's allowed to be going after Kulan uh, Kulan Goth, and uh, and we're okay with it never happening. When it's funny, I hear other reviews and people are like, "We'll read issue one and be like, we didn't even find out what one of the seven secrets were or something, you know." So, uh, you know, good for us all. Good for us all. Conan is still going after Kulan Goth, and he's doing it with Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom. So, A plus stuff there. Uh, Shang Chi, we have three issues, so the life will the Liefeld Deadpool 30th anniversary variant, uh, and then an unnamed artist variant. And we're, now we're looking into who was Shang-Chi's mother. And this is important for those that don't know, because Shang-Chi is, is, is a a cool character. Movie just came out, of course, uh, did pretty well. I enjoyed that movie a lot. It was exciting. Um, and, uh, the master of Kung Fu, his seventies, story is actually very well received. And most recently, the person I heard, uh, talking about it is, um, I think his name is Douglas Yoke. I can't remember now. Uh, but his book just came out and he read all 27,000, uh, Douglas, um, Wolk. And he read all 27,000 comic, uh, Marvel comic books in, in universe comic books. And he was the last person that I've heard uh, say how much you love uh, Master of Kung Fu, Shang Chi. the The problem is, for those that don't know, is that uh, you know there's a, there's some there's some issues as far as like racism that happened in that book, and not necessarily like uh, the writer against Shang Chi, but uh, at the time Marvel owned Fu Manchu, and now Fu Manchu is not seen as a you know seen as sort of a racist figure in at least American culture or um, Asian American culture. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's a real touchy thing that, that those books are so important and so well done and that, uh, a Chinese character like Shang-Chi got, you know, is getting the, the spotlight and now we had a cool movie and then here we are, um, in, in his ongoing, it will, appears to be an ongoing and, uh, and we're looking into, still looking into his family. And in this case, who is was Shang-Chi's mother. So... Uh, arrows would definitely fly when we flash back to the first meeting of Shang-Chi's parents. So that's fine. That's, that's, looks pretty interesting to me. I read number one and I liked it. I, Spider-Man was in it. You know, I think they felt like they needed to put a bigger anchor character in there, which is un- unfortunate, but you know, why not? A uh, strange Academy, number 14. Someone's telling me that this is ending. So we also got a number 15 that's shipping in December, or at least supposed to, uh, Humberto Ramos on the arts, Scotty Young, uh, writing it, man, people that love this book really love it. And, uh, it, it makes me think that, okay, maybe I'll, I'll give it a, it looks like it's an easy read. I like that little Dormammu character. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but then on the other, on the other hand, on the other side of this, I'm just really sick of young heroes learning their power. I'm really sick of that. So, and I've said that a whole, whole bunch of times whenever I see the thing, uh, I think of the channel sleepy reader, six, 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 uh, because he is a, he's very cr- not critical, but not ne- not critical, like negative necessarily. But, uh, it matters to him how the Thing is drawn, and uh, I always think about that, because why the Thing and not something else? So, uh, The Thing's getting his own uh, his own book, Tom Riley's on the art and the cover. Uh, it, it looks like a, you know, it looks like a little bit of throwback art, so we'll see how that works out uh, as a whole for, uh, for something like Thing. But, you know, the truth is, even though I, I say I don't like the Fantastic Four, I think every one of those characters individually could hold, uh, I mean, maybe not hold an ongoing from a sales perspective, but from a, a character perspective can be their own solo stories, uh, do their own solo stories. And you know, because the, the thing is never like this rage monster. He's only slightly less strong than the Hulk. Um, you have all of the, the thing about him being disfigured that you can look into, uh, marriage, strength. You know, he's strong enough to be a, a cosmic character he is down to earth enough to be a like a neighborhood character. So I, you know, the thing to me has a, a, a great opportunity for a a solo or a miniseries. And uh, most people thought that the Invisible uh, Woman miniseries was good. I never, I didn't ever actually read it, but I heard good things about it. Mister Fantastic, of course, you could do all kinds of stuff. I mean, Johnny Storm might be the only one that's like iffy, but he looks the coolest. So he, it's it would be at least a 90s Venom story for, for Human Torch, right? Because he has, he's the fire, he looks really cool. So, so hey, there's good, uh, you know, there's, I I have high hopes for Thing. Uh, what kind of, Kevin Eastman is doing a variant cover. So you're going to get like a Ninja Turtle style variant cover. And I don't know who, oh, the Panosian Devils, oh yeah, Dan Panosian is doing a, the Devil's Rain cover for that. Thor. And then can you believe that we're at number twenty? For Thor, Donny Cate's Thor is at number 20. I can't believe it. I don't know if we're going to eventually get a, uh, a a big crossover for Thor. Who knows how that'll work. Um, but hey, Nick Klein is back on the art, which I'm excited about. I love Nick Klein. I think he's one of the better artists at Marvel. His style seems to take some time, so he had to take a break uh, for a whole arc. We will be in the God of Hammers series in December. will be on the second issue. Uh, I am, I am excited for God of Hammers. Last I left Thor, and that's when I actually do buy in print, they stole his hammer and no one knows where it went. It got just stolen right out of Avengers mountain. And, uh, and now we got to, we got to figure out who the, what the God of Hammers even means. All I have is the title because I'm not going to read this solicit for part two of the God of Hammers. Uh, timeless, timeless looks like one of those books where they're just gonna, they're just gonna like, give me information about what's going to happen in the future. What was that other, not upshot. What was that? There was some other one that did that at the end of the year. Uh, If not last year, the year before, you know, showed crap about empire and whatever. So I'm not too interested in that. To be honest, Judd McKay's writing it uh, a bunch of artists in it. And it's a, you know, it's a big book. It's 56 pages. It's a special year ending adventure that gives portents as to what is to come in the Marvel universe over the next 12 months. Kang the Carker is a warrior, a destroyer, a subjugator, but even he is subject to the whims and the of time itself. So when a parallel timeline threatens to overwrite the future that Kang has fought so long and hard to control, the master of the ages has no choice but to go to war with time itself, battling through days of tomorrow as he struggles to resent, prevent the end of what is to come. I don't know about that. Featuring all the major players in the Marvel Pantheon. So it's a time travel story for you. If you're into that, you know, I'm sure there's a good reason to buy it. Uh, I don't know. I, it's, I, I, I've decided I was going to read the events that show up on Marvel Unlimited. So I'll probably read this. But 56 pages, I get bored um, reading digital that much. And a whole bunch of, of covers So this. Bustos, Cabal, Carnero, Casara, Coelho, Gleason, Momoko... And Silva, which Silva is that Arby Silva? So there you go. Timeless. They're trying to push it. It seems like one of those, not waste events, but an event that's not going to inspire anyone that much. Empire would be that. Uh, let's go into the wastelands. I, I'm not 100% sure if these wastelanders books are in the same world as the old man, Logan, old man, Hawkeye, old man quill books, But, but I hope they are. I think they are. I think Avengers wasteland was right. So, Wastelanders Black Widow number one, and I think that's a. I think these are really just the podcasts. Wastelanders Doom number one. So, who knows? Well, there's the podcast connecting variant. Um, I know that there's a the, a podcast for not Hawkeye for Star Lord. My assumption was that it was just Old Man Quill, but I don't know. I can't tell you anything about this. And I, and I do plan to read these. These are all a bunch of number ones that, you know, they act like they're, they act like they are, um, you know, different stories. I think a little bit like extreme carnage, but that's, it just makes that so easy for me just to go. I'll just read it online. I'll just wait for it to come online. Uh, and then you also got uh, Wastelanders, star Lords. So oh, a whole bunch of wastelanders there for, for your consuming pleasure. Um, next up is, man, we are right in the middle of a, a gigantic Spider-Man run. I mean, Nick Spencer's gone. What was he gone at? Number 75. And now, uh, we'll be in December. We'll be at 80. So I feel like it's supposed to ship every week, but I feel like we missed some stuff, right? If it's cause if 75 just came out and it is a, it is not a Nick Spencer book, uh, how are we only at 80? If it's two months from now, I don't know. But this is the Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number 80, and it's dot B-E-Y, dot beyond. Cody Ziggler's on this. So, uh, you know, when I read this, it's you, they revisit the Dr. Octopus and Aunt Maid deal. It actually doesn't sound that good. It sounds a lot like Nick Spencer's run where it was just like, okay, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's sort of boring. Um, but then we go into Spider-Man 81, you, uh, Solid Med comes in as the writer who's been... Uh, writing Spider-Man Miles Morales for a while now, and it's new Spider-Man versus the newest Spider-Man. So basically this is going to be a fight between what uh, Ahmed has been writing for a while, which is Miles Morales Spider-Man, and then the Ben Riley version of Spider-Man that has the trademark or whatever. Um, you get a couple our artist variant, Osiris Devil's, Devil's Reign variant there. Um, and then number 82 um, looked like it was going to continue it cause it's also by Saladin Ahmed, but it looks like it's going to be some kind of medical drama, uh, in there. And there's even a pretty cool, uh, it looks like it, it looks like it is a George Fornus cover. Um, and I can't even tell what's the homage for, but it's a uh, Spider-Man looking through some blinds, like just peeking through them. And I can't put my finger on what, what homage that is. And it's just a real basic, easy cover, but it does look pretty cool. I have to say. Uh, another Devil's Reign um, cover. And then you're going to have Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man number 83. Patrick Gleason is writing this one. And Arthur Adams, you're, we're used to Patrick Gleason being an artist, aren't we? Um, oh, and the creator behind it even says, the creator behind the biggest cover in the last decade is going to show you what he could do with one of the biggest spider moments in decades as Patrick Gleason writes and draws this issue. The webhead is facing unbeatable odds again. Can he rise to the occasion to save the day? Who, I mean, that could be every be every Spider-Man solicit, right? And in fact, Arthur Adams is the cover artist and you can't really even tell what's, so you can't really tell. So good on them not to put a a really obvious solicit in there, but let's go read number 84. See what the events of, so Cody Ziegler is back on Spider-Man number 84. So he wrote Spider-Man number 81.bey and he's back on 84 uh and this is gonna reference uh, this is gonna be really confusing for Spider Man fans. This is gonna reference the events of Spider Man 80.bey, which have set Dr. Octopus on a collision course with the Beyond Corporation and their spiders. So you got all it's jumping all over the damn place. So I can see how people were gonna be annoyed by this. Um but man, even though Spider Man has, at least from a comics point of view, has fallen off, like he's no Batman anymore. Uh, The people that there are people and there are a lot of people that just, I'm going to buy ASM forever, no matter what, like they're just going to buy amazing Spider-Man no matter what forever. Like that's, that's just their thing, you know? So, um, but that's all we get. We get 84, 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, all in December, all for your Spider-Man reading pleasure. And then you have all kinds of other Spider-Mans. You're going to get a Ben, uh, Ben Riley, Spider-Man number one with look at this. One, two, three, four variants, plus the regular one. Uh, a, a Darkhold crossover, so at least you find out what Spider-Man's doing in the in that Darkhold uh, mini-event. And that's written by Alex Packendell. so I would definitely be reading that. I think I will hold off on buying it. Uh, but I think... I, I love Alex Packendell white noise guy. So, and he and Spider-Man reads from the Darkhold, so obviously it's not going to be uh, the best for him. There's a connecting variant, which makes me... St- I do. I am a sucker for connecting variants. Uh, Miles Morales' Spider-Man is at number 33. Sal Ahmed is writing that. It will it looks like it's going to continue from the events of Amazing Spider-Man 81. Uh, it opened up a can of worms to send Miles and Shift on a quest that will have dire effects for both of them. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, ben Riley will be mixed up in there too, it looks like. So, Amazing Spider-Man number 81 moves into Miles Morales' Spider-Man 33. It's going to get very... Con- I'm already confused, you know. Um, man, if, if you would have asked me, would Spider-Woman, uh, get to number 18 when that issue came out, I'd have said no. Uh, and it looks like this is going to be a Devil's Reign crossover. So good for her. I think that's a a good way, uh, to mix things up. I mean, Spider-Woman, it turns out there's some big Spider-Woman fans. Um, you always find, normally I find fans of, of characters I didn't think had big, a lot of fans. When Tom King writes him, that's happening in DC. Like I just f- found out, there's a bunch of crazy Supergirl fans, and you know they get really annoyed. But uh, Spider Woman turns out has a few fans too, so uh, I'm excited for that. I don't think I've ever read a Spider Woman book, although it, that is uh, probably my aside from the '90s show that the one where it was Spider Woman, Spider Man, and Iceman. I think was my favorite cartoon. Was that Spider Woman in there? I don't remember now. Uh, we'll be at Venom number three. So, of course, Donny Cates' runs ended a while ago now, and uh, and at, by we by the time we get to number three, Al Ewing looks like he's going to be off of it already. So, we're going to get a a pure uh, Dylan Brock story here, and Rum and so Al Ewing may continue on like maybe in four or five or something like that. They may start switching off. Who knows? Uh, but we're going to get a full Dylan Brock story uh, using the symbiote. Symbi- and, uh, it is Rom V on it. So no Al Ewing, Brian Hitch drawing it. So that excites me all the way around. Um, and, uh, you know, Dylan's going to have to start dealing with some shit and this cover looks beautiful. Brian Hitch on this is just a, is just going to be a, a, a real treat. And the Brian Hitch cover is, is amazing. So looks awesome. The Venom just easy to make look awesome, right? Oh, then Venom four, That's also Rom V. There's no solicit there. Uh, but it looks like it's supposed to ship in December. Uh, and still no sign of Al Ewing. So maybe by Venom two, we'll find out what happened to Eddie Brock or what's going on with him. I mean, being omnipresent like that, it's going to be a hard to tell those stories, you know? And uh, so one Dr. Strange book I am going to buy is the death of Dr. Strange X-Men Black Knight. That is a long title and it looks like Dr. Strange and Black Knight or X-Men and Black Knight will be crossing over a little bit. It looks like really Excalibur to be honest. Uh, but Sy, Sy Spurrier is writing it. So it, it was an X-Men book. So it's a Spurrier book. So easy, easy pickup for me. Uh, there'd be a Bergara variant and we're, we're now into Marvel's X-Men. So, um, you know, something I've loved, but, uh, is, uh, ending at least my, my constant purchasing of it is ending now that Hickman's gone. Uh, a non-Hickman book in the X-Men, in the X-Men section is the Demon Days Rising Storm. You know, I, I, I said good things about Peach and about this. I think mostly cause my, um, my expectations were very low on it and I, and I liked it. So there's a review up for, I think, uh, um, Mariko maybe. I can't remember which book exactly, uh, where you could find that. And I will continue buying these. I think that they are a, a good, fun, solid idea. So, um, you know, Rising Storm will come out. There's no... uh Moko is the writer-artist and the cover artist for the A-book, or for the A-cover. Uh, Mariko Yoshida's journey through the mysterious forest of Kirasaki Mountain has brought her face-to-face with with strange and terrible creatures. But she's about to be tested like never before when she crosses paths with literal gods. You won't want to miss this electrifying showdown in Part 4 of 5, of the Demon Days saga, so I've read three, so I'm good and I'm happy with that. So Stormbreaker, I hate that they call these artists Stormbreakers, and then Demon Days always has just a a ton of covers. So um, one from Kyle Andrew Car, Car Kyle Andrews, another one from Alex Garner. Uh, I love this Guru Hero one. I think they've normally been these Guru Hero ones have been uh, at least one of them was a, a, a Miyazaki homage. So. I'm on, I'm on that. And then the demon days creators cut is a little bit interesting. Well, it's creators cut for demon days, X-Men. So that was part two. Um, and it's presented in black and white. So that'd be interesting. Cause the momoko's colors are something that's really important for her style for those that like it. So I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, what else we got in the world of X-Men Excalibur still going number 26, teeny Howard, Marcus toe, uh, other world falls. I don't even want to read this because I don't know what issues are. I think we're on 23 right now and I've enjoyed, uh, the time that they've actually spent in other world, uh, people have been on and off with Excalibur. Uh, I've enjoyed the other world stuff. So, uh, I'm all about this. Uh, I'm happy with it. Let's look at the cover if I don't want to read the solicit. And yeah, I mean, these are, this is what the covers have looked like. So, um, something with Kate pride on it and Emma Frost is on this one and it's one of the rare times that they've put Emma Frost on the cover and it wasn't like a sexy cover. So, uh, good for them. Hellions number 18. This has been a funny, weird book. Zebwell's done a great job. I'm pretty sure Steven Segovia has been on it the, almost the entire time. Um, this appears like it might be the end of the series. Uh, I mean, the solicit here starts with Hellions no more. They're all in, they're all in, uh, in chains. And it looks like the quiet, it looks like the hands of the quiet council are all putting their thumbs down. So a, hey, I, you know, the hellions are going to, they're not going to end well. So when they end, they're not going to end well, but uh, I like, I've liked that book. And then there's a momoko variant, which is pretty cool. And that's the goblin queen. So we're, we'll definitely be picking up the goblin queen momoko variant. Um, even click this, this whole time, I haven't pre-ordered anything new, and even though I've almost wanted to, but I want to make sure I get that Momoko variant. Um, And then this Philip Tan variant also looks very good. So, a whole bunch of stuff. And then in December, we will be done. We will be done with the the Hickman run of X-Men. Now, supposedly they still have his... They still have his his outline or something, but they, they really didn't follow his outline while he was there. So I don't, I don't have high hopes for that happening, but, um, but you know, Hickman being head of X is over. Um, Valerio shitty uh, Chitty will be the artist on Inferno number four. I don't, I can't even look at, well, uh, you know what? Hickman's pretty good about not screwing up, uh, not screwing up solicit. So I'm actually going to read this. Jonathan Hickman's time on X-Men ends with the dramatic conclusion of one of the first and best mysteries he brought to the line uh, Valerio uh, she T returns on art to help bring down one of the foundations of an era oh, 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 oh. and uh, oh look uh the uh, the cover by Jerome uh, Jerome Pena is also very cool a little like it's mystique it appears and half of her is destiny. So she looks like she's right in the middle of morphing and she is looking at a, uh, at a tombstone and it's from the back of the tombstone. You can't, you can't really see whose it is. So I'm all, I'm all about that. So that looks great. Uh, Inferno number one was so good. Uh, Well, it's really good in the context is if you, if you liked house of X powers, a 10, um, and then read the right two or three Hickman X-Men books. So that's, that's why it would have been good. Marauders 27, a lot of people's favorite book. Uh, Jerry Duggan on this. Matteo Lowley on the art. Uh, And uh, I don't think Jerry Duggan was the uh, writer. I forget who the writer was the whole time. I think Jerry Duggan took it over. The sun sets on the Marauders. The Marauders' first tour comes to a close as the shakeups within the Hellfire uh, Trading Company crystallize. Oh, we're done. Marauders has made its run. That is a... Oh, that's not... Why did I think up above that was Cape Pride? I guess they've been drawing them similarly. That was, a uh, that's, um, uh, new Captain Marvel Betsy over there on the uh, Excalibur, uh, cover. That's funny that I said that, huh? Uh, and then this is a pretty standard Marauders cover and there's Kate Pride and the rest of the team. So it looks like Marauders is coming to an end. Uh, is New Mutants coming to an end? That only got to 24. So at some point they got behind, right? Uh, the New Mutants regroup in the aftermath of the Shadow Kings attack. Are they still fighting the Shadow King? Looks like they've been fighting the Shadow King for six issues, and they'll be fighting him for four more apparently. Uh, sword, I know uh, some people have been really enjoying Sword; other people not so much. Uh, I've liked it. I, I don't find a lot of difference between these X Men books as far as quality. Um, and I find and now that I'm like tw- you know more than two years deep in them, I, I actually feel like oh I've I've enjoyed some more than others at different points and uh it's not been just this obvious thing where sword has been good or Marauders has been the or X Force has been the best. So sort I've enjoyed. I just feel like they're all very close. Uh but Al Ewing and having X-Men like in a cosmic level and that's where the focus that Mars has been or Araco has been has been all cool stuff. And of course Thor or Storm being head of Mars uh is very awesome too. So The sword station one is crashing. I shouldn't read this solicit guys. The sword station one is crashing to earth. Well, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, cable on the cover. So maybe, maybe we get a little cable here and that's going to have two. Oh no, it's just going to have one variant there. We're going to get a, a, um, a wastelanders Wolverine. For some reason I want only that connecting variant. doesn't make any sense. Right. And, um, so I'm not even going to bother with that. I mean, is that old man Logan? leads the return to the wastelands of old Ben Logan, so good for them, uh, Wolverine number 19, I have enjoyed Wolverine, for whatever reason, um, Ben Percy's been on that, I think they've just been, like, really cool Wolverine stories, uh, this cover looks awesome, the cover is by Adam Hubert, and it's, uh, Wolverine is a, a very small part of the cover, and then there's some, like, it looks like, like, a carnage whale, like, a whale, it's not red, though, so it's not carnage, but I don't know. Uh, some whale's about to eat them, and that looks awesome to me. <coughs> Excuse me. There'll be a Devil's Reign variant for that Wolverine cover. Um, X-Force 26, I'm going to guess. I'm going to go ahead and read this, but I'm going to guess. More conspiracy. Beast has gone too far. Let's see. Eruption, Domino, Kid Omega, and Wolverine head back into the Thresher to recover the precious cargo stolen from Krakoa. If the team can survive the volcanic eruption and stormy seas, there's still organization behind the plot the organization behind the plot uh the reveal of which will have major ramifications on the next issues of the x-force and they did debut of the next wave of mutant technology uh moreover, or move over blackbird jet hey that's cool let's see if this wolverine the old mutant and the sea for wolverine 19 uh it's the one that got away but not for long the deadliest creature in krakoa is off its shore and the deadliest mutant there uh There is Will at last set out, that was not me, that's just literally the way it's written, to hunt the Leviathan he encountered on an X-Force mission. But can Wolverine take down this hidden creature of the deep that's bigger and stronger and older than math can figure? He better, because no one is safe till he does. So I wonder if I just spoiled X-Men 26 for X-Men 19, not really, you know, spoiler schmoilers. And there will be a a pretty nice-looking Steven Segovia cover for X-Force 26. I know I hopped between X-Force 26 and Wolverine 19 there a bit, so it is what it is, right? Uh, X-Men number six, man, this has just been really... You know, Jerry Duggan's a good writer, but what is that, three books he's writing right now in the X-World? But at least one through three, X-Men has just been very middling. It's uh, reminiscent of... I mean, I I hate to say it because some people really hate... uh, Nick Spencer's ASM, but my opinion is that it, it just didn't move the needle. It wasn't good or bad. And that's really how I feel about, uh, X-Men one through three, like just doesn't move the needle. I will admit that this question here, whatever happened to Captain Krakoa, uh, is interesting and Pepper Loraz is on the art and he also does the cover. So a Captain Krakoa, that, that might be cool. There is one, there is just, uh, one variant for that. It's a Dodderman new lineup trading card variant. So uh, those trading card variants I've enjoyed, uh, but it's the whole new lineup, uh, X-Men Legends, uh, looks like it's going to be a sinister book. So Fabian, uh, Nicieza is writing it. Dan Juergens is drawing it. And what do we got here? Sometimes I try to see what it's, I can't really tell. So, uh, Fabian Niseza is, um, uh, if I'm pronouncing his name, right is uh, just doing more stories within his run from, from back in the 90s. But it doesn't say, like, oh, it's between Uncanny X-Men and 3-something, right? So some, sometimes I do say that. Uh, the Trial of Magneto continues. Uh, we'll be at 5 of 5. Now, um, a spoiler alert if you haven't read it, in number 2, uh, it, it's not called The Death of Scarlet Witch because she comes back immediately. So we've got to find out what happens with Magneto there. And then you have a... A Dan Jurgens uh, variant cover there. So that's X Men. We've gotten heroes done. Uh, we've gotten the or the I'll call it the heroes office done. You know, Avengers and whatnot. We've gotten the Spider Man office done. Uh, we've even got the X office done. Now let's do the just the random the random shit that they're doing. I, sometimes I call it the licensed stuff. We'll see. Uh, Conan the Barbarian number one facsimile edition. That's pretty cool. I've been looking for good Conan. I've been looking for some really solid uh, Conan collected editions, uh, uh, and I'm most interested in the Barry Windsor-Smith stuff, so that's real early. I realize realize that that's also the Roy Thomas stuff. Um, So this facsimile, I might just be weak and pick it up or feel like I only have two books in my hand, and I want to spend more at my comic shop and then grab it. But really what I'm I'm starting to look for is a, um, a nice collected edition of it. Uh, that isn 't you know retail so that 's what i 'm looking out for at jason Aaron's back at Conan again, and he 's teaming up with uh Mahmud uh, Asrar. I really enjoyed their first run together. Um, I had mixed feelings while I was reading it, but I think back on it very you know very positively is that it was a bunch of uh, what essentially were a bunch of one shots that all sort of tied together. You were able to see uh, a lot of uh, eras of Conan it was almost i think a a way for Jason Aaron to go, listen, I know no one's going to let me write 85 issues of Conan. So I just want to do this one way where I could pay homage to a whole bunch of different like eras and situations and, and, and styles of story even, you know, um, you know, when he had all the prostitutes, I think there's a, a time when Conan would have just had sex with him on by page three and, um, and Jason Aaron wrote that issue. I'm not sure what it was great where it wasn't just, you know, semi-sexual predator Conan. Uh, but he still got to, he still got to get it on with, with these women who weren't actually, pro- you know what I mean? I can't even explain it. When I look back, I think that there's actually some memorable moments in that, even though I was like wanting something epic at the time. And, you know, and, and that's still a, a dig I have on that little run that he did that 12 or 13 or whatever issue run is that I, I wanted this epic, you know, Conan story and didn't get it. But uh, when I look back on it, I think he fit a lot of story in those 12 issues. So now he's going to do a, a bigger story. King Conan, number one, a six. And, uh, it's Mamad Rasar. I really enjoyed his art. So they, they returned to the saga of Conan in an all new adventure that takes the story of the Sumerian further than has ever been revealed in any media to date as Robert E. Howard's Howard posited when King Conan grows restless on the throne, he sails West towards land and adventure unknown. Well, there we go. So we're going to have an older Conan and it's not going to be like that, uh, that, uh, sitting on the throne style Conan that, you know, I think works, but I would, I would, I would like to get to know the younger Conan better before I, before we got stuck uh, on the, on a throne. And to be honest, it looks like I'm going to get both, best, of both, best, best of both worlds on that one. So Conan number one has a, a, a bunch of variants. One of them that sticks out uh, is the Stan Sakai variant. So that's pretty cool. So of course, the Usagi is Yojimbo creator, writer, and artist. Um, his art doesn't fit Conan at all, but it's a fun cover. Uh, and yeah, a couple other ones don't really move the needle. So, Star Wars will be hot off the end of War of the Bounty Hunters. It's amazing how much they can fit in, be- you know, story in between these movies. Uh, and War of the Bounty Hunters feels like that should just move after War of the Bounty Hunters ends. It feels like it should just move right into a new, a new Star Wars, right? Like it should just move right into or uh, right into Return of the Jedi. But they found a way to continue to do stories. So, good job, Charles Soule, who is writing Star Wars number twenty, along with artist Marco Castiello. Um, so Luke has found a key piece of instruction, in his journey along the Jedi path, the voice of his teacher, Jedi master Yoda. uh, Yoda. So he gets a little Yoda voice in there. We're going to get a little Yoda hologram or something. Uh, but the lesson Luke must learn will not be taught by Yoda and it will take and give more than Luke Skywalker could ever have imagined. Now that doesn't tell you that much, but what I do want to highlight here is that, uh, Charles soul. Wrote a great Darth Vader run, and uh, and this is reminiscent of that. To be honest, it feels like we might get like a, a deeper Luke, uh, like deeper Luke involvement and a, like an understanding of him and and his path, like we got with Darth Vader, uh, which was set in that case was set immediately after Episode Three. So immediately after he realized he's a a a cyborg and, uh, and he's pretty mad about it. Right. Uh, and he's filled with rage. So that star Wars will have, uh, a, um, two variants. So the action, the, the standard ones that we expect, the action figure variant, and then a, a Lucasfilm variant. Now star Wars bounty hunters number 19. Uh, now this is a, a story I've enjoyed, uh, overall, at least what I've read it. I haven't, I haven't fully read any of these. I, I sort of like, uh, got behind, I sort of got behind on a, on star Wars reading. And then uh, chaos spreads through the underworld. You know, I love the chaos stuff. But if you're going to do stories that are set in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, it feels like a like bounty hunter stories are really where it's at. Like not not the political stories like we got in Phantom Menace and and Attack of the Clones. I guess was number two, but a real uh, it, it just feels like the the more dusty era of Star Wars after. After Empire and then the beginning of, of Return of the Jedi, so it works, and they'll be right deep in 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 dealing with uh, Crimson Rain. It looks like has ignited the underworld and all out ro- war. So they weren't called Crimson Crimson Rain before. So there's obviously some new stuff. I haven't finished War of the Bounty Hunters yet, and uh, and I've enjoyed it. Ethan Sachs has been doing a good job. I think that's a new artist on here, Ramon Box, and. And one of the other great things about War of the Bounty Hunters, you don't necessarily need to follow one bounty hunter, right? So it looks like um, Tonga's team of bounty hunters, so with Bosk, Suckus, and Tasu Leech. So, hey, who knows? Something might happen to Vance and, and the bounty hunters that we're following along now. Uh, of course, you get the Lucasfilm 50th variant, and then also the hey, War of the Bounty Hunters variant. They're still doing a War of the Bounty Hunters variant. Um it does not have the main cover does not have that title war of the bounty hunters on the top though. So looks like they just had an extra war of the bounty hunters variant. I don't know. Uh Greg Pock, still on Darth Vader. Uh this is same thing, Darth Vader that takes place between episodes uh five and six. Uh GU Villanova is doing the art. Hey, a Ryan Stegman cover. It's very dark though, so that's actually very cool, but looks pretty standard, uh, Star Wars or Darth Vader cover. Um, so now Vader, oh, so that's what, I, that's what I, reading up here in the bounty hunters thing, they called it the Crimson Rain. So I'm not sure what the Crimson, Crimson Reign is, uh, but the Crimson, Crimson Dawn still exists and that's going to get mixed up in, in Darth Vader's, uh, storyline. So he's obviously going to need some revenge on the stuff that was happening in the Crimson Dawn and, uh, you know, that was one of the big surprises in War of the Bounty Hunters. So I'm glad that they are, are dealing with that there. And then you get a, uh, just two covers for that. A Grassetti cover. Raphael Grassetti is not someone I, I can really remember uh, the art for. And, of course, the Lucasfilm 50th Variant cover. Now, an original character to the comics, and has not made very many appearances outside of the comics. In books, yes. She was in a board game. Is Star Wars Doctor Afra. Alyssa Wong is, is drawing, is writing that. And, uh, Mink Yoon is the artist. And I, I, I wish that they would get away from the cartoony art in Dr. Aphra. But then again, now we're so, so been so many issues of Dr. Aphra 50 in volume one. And now we're at 17 here. Um, maybe it's just, it's just the way it is. And I can accept that. I like that, uh, is dealing with Sana Staros, um, her reveal, in Jason Aaron's Star Wars run was really fun. That was a really good couple arcs there, uh with her relationship with Han Solo. Uh and unless I'm it, it was Sana Star Wars. so I started to think that it wasn't her, but yeah, of course it will. Um but hey, Dr. Afra, the Indiana Jones of the Star Wars world and uh you know her her demeanor is really fun. So I like that. It's like a bad Indiana Jones. And then something that has completely to do with Star Wars, but nothing to do with the Star Wars we're reading, is Star Wars The High Republic. 200 years in the future. uh, We'll be at number 12 on this one. Kevin Scott is still writing it. Uh, New writer, uh, Georges Jonti, is doing that. So The Hunt for Lorna D continues. That's good. So, you know, this is jumping between... Uh, It's interesting what they have to do. So it's just like, at this point, it just feels like a fun like era of Star Wars, uh, because none of, none of the bad guys at this point seem, uh, you know, very, uh, very terrifying. Um, um, but, uh, but they, they have been entertaining books. So one of them is, I can't even remember what the name was. The, it was a, a, like a plant, symbiotic plant, um, creature. That was all over the place. And I mean, those stories were cool, don't get me wrong, but nothing feels like Darth Vader, right? Like, you can't live up to Darth Vader. And then the Nihil have been an interesting, and they have an interesting way to get around the galaxy that makes them able to do it much faster. So, and Lorna D, it's funny, it's all these new characters, so it's very hard to to put them together. Also, like, stuff is happening in the books, and the, the comic has done a good job of mostly being okay with, you know, Telling a a, a full on story, but sometimes something huge happened in the books. Like I think the the destruction of the Nihil, I, as far as I could put together, and that and it and I don't feel like it really showed that in the comic. So you know it's it's a little bit hard to when you get behind on the books for the comic to have that same feel. So, uh, and so hopefully I figure that out. But I love the idea of High Republic. I love the idea of of, of starting. A, a story hundreds of years in, in the past. Um, you know, Yoda's there and everything, so it's it's a good time. And it even has its own spin off series, The Trial of Shadows, that uh, Daniel Jose Older is drawing along with art from David uh, uh, Watcher. Mysterious Attack brings Emric and Cyan together at the Starlight to investigate c- connections to their case. Meanwhile, uh, Arathab tries to ambush a Nihil ship with deadly results. See, that sounds like standard Star Wars stuff just with new villains. So, and then, uh, and then number four will also ship in December and then we'll close it out really easy. Warhammer 40 K sisters of battle number five of five. I was under the impression that Kieran Gillen was going to be writing all these Warhammer books or at least, um, show running them, but it doesn't seem to be the case. I don't hear Kieran really talking about the sisters, the 40 K sisters battle uh, very much on his discord. So at least at this point, it looks like this is just a separate story sisters of battle. Uh, you get two, two issues that I didn't read this. I didn't see it. I didn't see number one, even on Marvel unlimited, but I could be wrong about that. So it's something easily, easy for me to skip. I did like Warhammer 40k, the one that just came out, the Kieran Gillen wrote. But again, like I said earlier, I I'm a Kieran Gillen reader, so I'm just interested in what he writes in those cases. And, uh, I wouldn't have necessarily grabbed a Warhammer 40k if it wasn't for him. And he didn't necessarily, and I really love the book, but he didn't necessarily make me like, just want to dive into that world either. So, Hey, we did it. We uh, talked about Marvel for a, a strong hour and 20 minutes. So let's, let's move on. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, DC one will come out soon, as will an image one. That one takes a little bit longer to prepare for. And uh, thank you guys very much. Let me know what you think. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, at Casting Comics, and then search Casting Comics on YouTube, and you'll find me, actually, youtube.com slash Casting Comics, where you can find me there. So thank you guys for hanging out, and I will see you next month.